bounces away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson, and I'm joined by two of my friends, Daniel Friend and Chris Waring. Chris, you weren't able to be with us last week because work has been snowing you under. Thanks for making some time to be part of the show. Yeah, all good, mate. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. And Friendy, always a pleasure to have you. you. I don't think you've missed one this year yet, have you? Well, I've missed one ever. I forget when that was or what it was for. I don't know. It must have been a funeral or something. I don't know. I think it was just poor form generally, actually. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. And and what was not poor form was your bold prediction, by the way. You came perilously close. Mm. You predicted six halfbacks to cross, or at least six halfback tries. And I think you got five. Is that correct? Yeah, I got five. Um there was a thousand five eights that scored as well, so very high score scoring weekend. Um, I thought a few of the ball players might cross over, but just missed my bowl. Yeah, by the by the fifth game, I think you had five because there was three in the uh, Sharks Seagulls game, and then there's just nothing for the rest of the round. So unlucky with that one. Uh, I was also unlucky with my bowl. I had uh, Christian Mapapalangi from the Knights to score on debut. He did not. But he did have a pretty solid game, I thought, and has retained his position for this week with Brabham Best injured. Guys, we're going to talk about some wildcard awards, have some phenomenal trivia. We are going to tackle round 24, the penultimate round of the NRL, and of course, round two of the NRLW. But first off, let's do wildcard awards. Friendy, what do you got for us? Uh, this week, Bo, I have got the Chameleon Award, and it goes to the Cronulla Sharks, who I think, just like a chameleon, they sort of adjust depending on who they're playing, um, who the different defences that they face, the different attacks that they face. And I think they're one of the, if not the most well-rounded uh, team in the competition. So you've got Panthers who sort of uh, strangle you and, and sort of beat you generally in the first 40 minutes and then and then hold on from there. Uh, the Melbourne Storm, um, not too sure what to make of them at the moment. Generally, they're defensive-minded. Um, Cowboys, they're the fit side and, and they've got a bit of spark as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Souths and Parramatta, they're the attacking, flaring side. But the Sharks, I think the Sharks have got a bit of everything. So, yeah, credit to the Sharkies and Craig Fitzgibbon. I think they're, yeah, they're my chameleons of the competition. They've also had some key injuries in, in recent weeks. Like, you could have argued that uh, Mulatalo and Katoa were the form wingers of the comp and Katoa's out with a season-ending injury, which has created a whole bunch of flux in that position. Talakai's been out for a while. Their first-choice fullback, Will Kennedy, is out at the moment. Uh, yeah, lots and lots of... Obviously, Dalfinukin was out too for a bit. There's a bit of flux in the in the lineup, but um, yeah, friendly. They just they keep finding a way to win, and they're sitting third, and they're hunting that second spot at the moment. They certainly are, yeah. They're, they're a really good football side, and Obviously, very hard working in the off season under Craig Fitzgibbon, and yeah, I think he'll coach them for a very long time. That's what they've been saying. They've been saying uh, it's like a twenty year plan or something. Not they haven't said twenty year plan, but they have said they can see him being there for a couple of decades, a bit like a Bellamy or a Bennett at the Broncos, etc. Chris, do you believe the hype? Do you think the Sharks are, you know, obviously the Panthers are clear favourites, but are the Sharks one of those teams that might be able to knock them off? Yeah, um, I think they're, I think they're more a chance than some of the other teams around them. 
I'm still heavy on Penrith, but one of the um, earlier points of the year, I was pretty convinced Cronulla was going to be a top four team. And yeah, I think they're just, they're just nicely kind of under the radar, but not under the radar at the same time. I think I think they're really going to put in a, a good finals performance. Would I back them for the premiership? Not, not if I'm betting, but I reckon they'll go close, if not make it all the way. I think that's correct as well. And, of course, you mentioned betting. So if you are betting on the Sharks or not, gamble responsibly, of course. Chris, what's your wildcard award this week? All right, so it's the Q in the Rack Award. It's going to the West Tigers. Um, so as mentioned before, I've been pretty busy lately. That's included on the weekends as well. And as we've approached round 23, round 24, as a Tigers fan for the best part of the decade, this is usually when I've, I've seen enough for the year. And start to enjoy <laughs> it more from a, um, let's say, neutral perspective, I guess. I take, start to take more interest in teams that, you know, can actually play football and have looked like they've played football before. So yeah. when I was out on Saturday night, I just, uh, just <laughs> yeah, Saturday night, I just had to check the score. And, and honestly, is it terrible to say I wasn't surprised that the score was 72 to 6? Uh. But in saying that, so... Obviously, West Tigers have been getting bashed all week in the media. It's probably fair enough, to be honest. But, you know, good thing they were the only team blown out on the weekend, hey? Not any other teams in the bottom eight. No, you make a good point. The Tigers are often in the crosshairs of the various media outlets. And it was particularly shocking. I remember I was um, I was busy on Saturday night doing... Oh, that's right. I was... I'm visiting a friend on the Sunshine Coast and uh, I checked the score at like 11 p.m. or something and I just, my heart sank for you. I'm glad that you have disengaged from it somewhat, Chris. Um, and someone that did not disengage from it, though, is their captain, James Tamo, who got himself in a little bit of hot water for calling Ben Cummins incompetent uh, and with a bit of swearing as well. Well, I've got you there, Chris. Uh, what do you make of the situation and the fact that it's been downgraded to a one-week penalty? Yeah, I'm, I've been kind of going back and forward on that. I'm not exactly sure how I feel. I think something that's not mentioned is the... I had a look at the replay. Uh, the preceding events that led up to Tamo's frustration I thought was pretty fair, regardless of the competency of um, ben Commons refereeing, which I don't think is necessarily great, but regardless, he was pretty aggressive in terms of his, um, you know, the the actions and words he articulated towards the ref. I think something that was um, kind of concerning is Tamo. He was walking off, and then he he turned back around, and it wasn't it wasn't. Um, I think it was Austin Diaz, the five game rookie, who got in his face and kind of told him to go back towards the direction. I'm still not 100% sure where I sit in terms of him, his case being um, lessened by the week. I, 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 I get, like, the good guy argument and Tamo's got a relatively clean sheet, but, yeah, I'm still not I'm still not 100% sure where I sit with it, to be honest. I'm a bit on the fence. Freddie, let's, let's persuade him off the fence one way or the other. Uh, we're looking at, and recently we also had the situation where Brandon Smith got suspended for a few weeks, but that was slightly different. Brandon Smith called the referee's integrity into question, whereas James Tamo was literally calling his competency into question, which is a bit different, I think. Um, how do you feel about how that all went down? I think a week's about right. I think if you've watched this entire season, the blokes on the field and in the box 
their competency has been pathetic. So Jimmy Tamo is probably right. All right, how, how's that work for you, Chris? Are you happy with one week now? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, I, yeah, you're not wrong, Randy, about the officiating for sure. Still, it's you've got to find a again. Yeah, you I think that, yeah, you just got to find a better way to communicate it. And yeah, um, I think the context of the match, like you know, the Tigers were getting fucking decimated. To be honest, you you got to imagine the emotional state. And you know, James Tamo is, is a proud man who hasn't had, I would say, the proudest finish to his career at the Tigers. So. I think all these things considered, um, I don't mind that it gets another game, but geez, it's not looking good that the, the final game will be you know a nice experience either, to be honest. To be fair, the, um, the ref probably should have just said, well, speaking of competent, have you looked at the scoreboard? <laughs> and then send him. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a bit in that, isn't there? Surely. <laughs> uh, Freddie, how do you how do you feel about the, the downgrade part of it? The fact that he uh, seems to have, you know, with his record and his remorse, um, been given a chance to have a, a farewell game, essentially. Yeah, I um, as long as the hearing was legit and, and the lawyer genuinely got the the downgrade that, like, without that good bloke sort of thing coming into it, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't. Just much to a muchness for me. I'm just keen to watch some finals footy in a couple of weeks and stuff and whatever. Jimmy Tamo, enjoy your last game, man. Yeah, that's pretty much what I said as well. As long as it was done uh, with good precedent, because what you don't want is, you know, every good bloke coming out being like, but I'm a good bloke. And like, you know, we can't have that going nuts. My wildcard award this week is the Luck of the Draw Award, which goes to Kieran's Cowboys, and I suppose you'd call them my Cowboys as well. The Cowboys have been wonderful this year. There's no question about that. But even the most one-eyed supporter should be able to see the advantage they've had with a slightly soft draw, and especially playing like like 75% of their games in Queensland, uh, including Magic Round and including like the Bulldogs taking their home game to the Bundaberg, etc. Cowboys should be absolutely congratulated on a fantastic season wherever they finish from this point. But it's slightly, like, it's not hollow, of course, but it's like slightly shit that we don't have a completely equal draw, which I know that they're talking a little bit about uh, in the, in the news court papers, which we heard via Clarky, I assume. But, uh, Friendy, what, what do you make of, what do you make of the, uh, the draw as it is? Do you think it's favoring some teams more than others and can that be fixed? Well, to be honest, it's going to be different every year. Like, there's three sides that are going to drop out of the eight from last year, um, this year, mm-hmm. and obviously the Cowboys and, and the Sharks and stuff are going to make up those numbers. So it changes all the time. I mean, we don't have the exact details. It's sort of – I reckon it's probably cherry-picked the, the table that we saw um, to, to make points like that about the Sharks and the Cowboys and stuff. I think just to be, I don't know, pick a game at random, when the Cowboys came back and beat Manly at Manly uh, at at the death there, 28-26, Manly probably weren't in the eight then, but everyone tipped Manly because they were on a bit of a hot streak. So there's form to weigh up. There's injuries throughout the season. There's so many things. I mean, yeah, there's... The Roosters weren't in the top eight for, for a good chunk of this season. You can't tell me that they're not a top eight side in this competition. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that table's a bit cherry-picked, and I think the standings at the moment are, are pretty spot on. We've played 20-odd rounds. I think you get a pretty good gauge of sides by then. Yeah, I'm similar. I think that it all ends up being fairly, you know, indicative of where 
teams um, sit. I, I think for sure they set out, um, you know, games in advance in the draw that, you know, will be big sellers around a certain date or whatnot, or uh, I fully believe that. And, you know, it's an entertainment and a business, you know, that would make sense to do so. And I, I fully understand that. I don't think it's all just that random. But, yeah, when you're, you're kind of like working backwards from the fact that, again, like who – so they were giving the Cowboys a favorable draw when they were favored for like the spoon or fifteenth this year. Um, yeah, I just I just don't fully like. I guess it's interesting in a way, but does it really tell us anything massive? Like, not really. But like, if the Bulldogs had a slightly easier draw, are they now making the eight? Like, no, they may go twelfth, then eleventh. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think it is. I mean, I think there are some conclusions you can draw. I, I'm, I tend to be on the the thought train and sorry to Bo and Kieran's Cowboys here that Cowboys are going to be out in like straight sets. Mm-hmm. And I guess that, that is, that can be linked to the draw in some way, but you know, I don't think there's any really massive takeaway from that story, to be honest. I'm the opposite there. I, I like the cows. I, I reckon, yeah, they're a good show this year. And now it's time for fin- Gee, I hate this word. Phenomenal. 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 Phenomenal trivia. Guys, let's do some phenomenal trivia. It's time. It's time to get back into it. It's been a little while. Uh, we, we didn't have one last week because I only had you, Friendy, and you would have obviously beaten yourself. Uh, guys, you know how it goes. Not for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I keep that one in there? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Very good. Uh, guys, you know how it goes. It's three questions. Uh, one of them is about the current season. One of them's a little bit historical. And one of them's a who am I? And then, of course, if you guys have equal points at the end of that, I do have a tiebreaker as well. Friendy, what's your buzzer? Friendy. And Chris? Chris. All right. Now, the first one is worth a point each answer. So, so there's going to be two answers uh, available. So the first person that buzzes in has a crack at two people. Uh, if you're either you're incorrect, the other person gets a crack as well. Name both of the players who scored three or more tries on the weekend. Just gone. Friendy. Friendy. Nat Butcher. Yeah. And oh, what was the other big one? Uh, Nat Butcher. And, oh, I don't know. No, I'm gone. Nat Butcher. All right. I'll give you one point for Nat Butcher. Uh, Chris, who is the other person, do you think? Um, it's the, oh, I know his name. It's the Dragon Swinger. Uh, Tata Moga. That's correct. Tato Moga is the other one. So one point each. Very well done, guys. Nat Butcher, of course, crossed for four tries, strengthening my case that he, like Hudson Young, will play origin football one day. And yes, Tato also crossed for three against the Titans on the weekend. So one point each heading into question two. Which current coach was the top point scorer of the 1998 season? Chris. Chris. What season was it? Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Uh, current coach, Mick Potter. No, it was not Mick Potter. Friendy, Ivan Cleary. It was Ivan Cleary. He uh, had two hundred and eighty-four points, which is Sydney Roosters. Yes, correct. How old were you then, Friendy? You would have been, yeah, young sprite. Were you starting to memorize all the stats back then? 
Yeah, I watched every game. I knew his middle name by then. <laughs> I, I remember I had a, uh, a 1998, like like an annual, like from David Middleton, like one of those books. Yep. Oh, man, I love that book. I got through it a fair bit. So, Friendy, you are leading 2-1 at the moment, but Chris is a bit of a Who Am I specialist. Keep in mind that... Uh, when you buzz in, if you're incorrect, the other person pretty much gets free reign. So be very strategic about when you buzz in. Who am I? I was born in Mackay in 1991. Which, friendly, that makes him 31. Uh, to a father who was good at football and was an NSWRL, he was in an NSWRL squad without playing a first grade game. I played my junior footy for the West Panthers in Brisbane. I made my debut in 2011 at the age of 20, playing on the wing and scoring a try. I have Indigenous Australian and Maori roots. Friendy. Oh, Friendy going early. Dane Gagai. It is Dane Gagai, Friendy. Very well done. Congratulations. Chris, were you uh, were you on the track there? No. I was thinking Corey Oates. That's what I had was going on. Gagai's played for both um, All-Stars, the Maori and the Indigenous. That is correct. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the question was, after playing a handful of games my first club, I moved south and established myself in the centres. I played the first of my Indigenous All-Star games in 2015. Same year I made my Origin debut. I've gone on to play for Australia as well as representing the Maori All-Stars in 2019. 22 games of origin. I scored the same amount of tries as the great Rowdy Shearer. I had to get Rowdy in there. Uh, I've also won the Wally Lewis medal. I debuted at the Broncos. I played for the Knights and the Rabbitohs. I am Dan Gagai. Very well done, friend. You are the winner of Phenomenal Trivia this evening. Congratulations, mate. Very well done. Phenomenal effort. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Carryover champion reigns again. Uh, are you playing for the car next week, friendy, or what's the situation? Yeah, let's let's play for that Datsun. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, boys? This is the Big E. Above Horizonto. Enjoy tonight. Phenomenal. That's what you, Fendi. <laughs> and let's do some predictions for round 24, uh, which starts on Thursday night. It is the Broncos and the Eels from Suncorp Stadium. Selwyn Cobb has been rested, it's been announced today, by the way. Uh, Jordan Pereira will play on the wing, and the Eels have tinkered with their bench a little bit. Friendy, who do you like here? I'm going to side with Parramatta, and I hope it's the real Parramatta, because, geez, they let me down a lot. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be tipping the Eels, just because the Broncos just have the wobbly boot on at the moment, and Patrick Carrigan must just do everything defensively for them in terms of communication because their defense looks terrible since he's been out. So, yeah, I, I also noticed today, um, looking back at a few of their games, they've, they haven't really beaten that many good sides, the Broncos. So they, they knocked off Para once and they knocked off the Sharks once who I think may have had some injuries. So apart from that, they've really just feasted on the, the bottom eight sides. So, yeah, Parramatta for me. Well, there you go. That makes the Broncos basically this year's Seagulls. That's what the Seagulls did last year. Chris, who do you like? Yeah, I've got Parramatta. Um, I'm similar to Friendly. I think Brisbane are crashing and burning on their way to a very swift and probably brutal finals exit. I think Parramatta, back with Moses, should finally click for the season. But I've been saying that repeatedly and it hasn't happened. But 
um, yeah, I think Parramatta will win. We're talking about Parramatta like they've been total dog shit, but they're becoming fifth at the moment, which is just amazing when you think about it. Um, yeah, well, they just should they should just be better than they are. They and it's it's yeah. just it's frustrating to watch them when you know that you know they should be up in the top uh you know the top teams. They should be up there with the Penrith and the Cronulla Sharks, but you know they just aren't. But everyone knows they have it in them. Yep, I can see that as well. Uh, I. Two, I'm going to go for the Eels here. Uh, the Broncos are very realistic chance of falling out of the eight, by the way. They are finished. They are currently at eighth, uh, and they're 44 points in front of the Raiders on differential and only two, obviously one win in front of them as well. So if they lose this one and if the Eels maybe put some points on them, it could be danger signs for the Broncos and their finals aspirations, but we'll see how that goes Thursday night. Friday night, we have. The Penrith Panthers against the New Zealand Warriors at Blue Bet Stadium. Jerome Luai making an early return, apparently. And James Fisher Harris is also returning for the Panthers, while the Warriors have Chanel Harris Tavita and Murdoch Masilla returning. So, uh, similar job roles, but very different caliber of player, Chris. Who do you like here? Yeah, Penrith. Uh, just looking at the odds, game responsibly, of course, but Warriors are out to $13 in Sportsman. <laughs> Um, considering Tigers were about, I think, seven fifty against the Roosters last week. So, uh, yeah, I think it might be a bit of a training run for Penrith. So judging it, it's like trying to work out the maths on that. We could be looking at about a 120-point game here between the Panthers and Warriors. Friendy, do you see that happening? Yeah, write your own ticket if you want to back the Warriors. Just burn that money. Um, <laughs> Penrith will be winning this and winning this by as many as they like. Um, yeah, they, they're going to really start clicking into gear now. Luai, Fisher-Harris back. Penrith will win well. I agree. Penrith will win that one, I'm sure. The next game, very interesting. The fourth-place Storm against the sixth-place Roosters. They are storming up the ladder. Felice Kafusi has returned from that personal uh, break that he had after his father passed away while the informed Roosters are further boosted by the returns of Lindsay Collins and Sio Takayaho Friendy. What a salivating match this could be. Well, yeah, game of the round, this one. Good. Um, I'll be staying in on Friday night to watch this one properly. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to side with Melbourne. Um, one of the big reasons for me is that they they can lock up a top four spot with the win here. So... I think that's something Bellamy will be really looking at. No one's won the NRL competition in the top eight system from outside the top four. So it's really important to finish in that, and I think Melbourne will do that this week. Yeah, I I, I want to tip the Roosters, but I, I think Melbourne will slightly have enough. Um, I don't think the game last week for the Roosters was the best um, game for them running into the finals, despite the gigantic scoreline. It's a bit of a flip of a coin, but I'm just going to go Melbourne. I'm going to go for the Roosters. Uh, I had them pegged as like a top two team at the start of the season, and I've I kind of held firm on that belief most of the year. And I I, I know they probably won't they won't get there mathematically uh, before the final series, but I just there's just something about them. I I really really think they're they're onto something. So Roosters for me on this game. The Raiders and the Sea Eagles are next on Saturday afternoon from GIO Stadium. The Raiders have the same team, while Raymond Toyomalo Vianga makes his debut on the wing for the Sea Eagles. Chris, who do you like here? The Raiders haven't been that impressive, I've thought, last couple of weeks. They have been winning, which is the most important thing to them. But I just think 
their belief. I think Eagles have kind of put a cue in Iraq a bit. I think they're just waiting for the season to be over. There's some front office dramas there. So I think um, Raiders to win. Jamal Fogarty should get them over the line. Yeah, a bit of front office drama, which has included some like rumours about Des Hazler's position, which seems strange to me, Friendy. Uh, who do you like? Yeah, I'll be tipping Canberra. I, I don't think they'll flog them by any means, uh, Manly, but uh, there's still enough class in that Manly side to score a few points, and Canberra defensively aren't super. But, yeah, I still think Canberra will get the job done and keep their season alive once again. They really do need to win it to do that, and... Being at home as well, I, I do think they will get the job done. So I'm going to go for the Raiders as well. Next game is the Sharks and Bulldogs from Points Bet Stadium. As I mentioned, Talakai has returned for the Sea Eagles while Pangai Jr. has dropped out of the Bulldogs side. I assume he's injured, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. Friendy, who do you like between the Sharks and the Bulldogs? Yeah, obviously been Cronulla, the Chameleons Cronulla. I, I, think they'll, uh, I think they'll start pretty consistently defensively like they tried to do last week and then they'll put some points on late. Um, Tavita Pangai Jr., he's going to play New South Wales Cup. So I've seen Gus Gould talk about that. So, mm. um, yeah, interesting one there. Yeah. Do you, do you have any more intel on that or just or is that all he said? No, nah, that, that's all we've sort of heard. So I don't know if he's done something wrong or not or they're just, they're just not happy with him at the moment. So, yeah, not too sure. But I, I think Cronulla will win anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I think Cronulla win as well, but I think it I think it might be a bit of a close game. I think the Bulldogs might show something. It'll be interesting to see how Cronulla continue their ramp up to the finals. But um, yeah, I think Cronulla should win, but not by a massive margin. The next game, Friendy, you described the uh, the Storm and the Roosters as the game of the round. This one might be the second best game of the round, or at least uh, second most consequential. It's the Rabbitohs and the Cowboys from Acor Stadium. Jackson Paolo has been mercifully dropped after a pretty terrible game last week with Isaac Thompson taking his place. Tom Dearden's testicular injury has made Drinkwater move to six and Hamaso Tabuifito come into fullback. Chris, what do you think about this one? I think the Rabbitohs will win, but yeah, I'm going to stick solid with my thought. I just something just sort of puts me off about the Cowboys. I'm not entirely sure what it is. I just and I still think that I think the the hunger is, is probably a bit uh, more there for South Sydney in terms of the passion and momentum towards the finals, despite their loss last week. So. I think it will be a cracker, but I'm, I'm going to go South Sydney. It's worth bearing in mind, by the way, that uh, the Rabbitohs are seventh. And very, you know, if they lose both their last games and the Broncos win one and the Raiders win both, uh, there's a chance they could tumble out of the eight as well. So they do need to win this one. Friendy, what do you think? Yeah, I've gone the opposite here. I, I like the Cowboys. Um, I think defensively they're much stronger than South Sydney. So... I, South like playing in a bit of a shootout. Um, as you saw last week, it was basically we're just going to score more tries than you. Um, they don't have all that much respect for the ball, I don't think, um, which is it's disappointing because they're such a good attacking side, um, but they do still need to build pressure and things like that. The Cowboys do all the things that South Sydney and in particular their playmakers don't like. They chase hard from marker. Their kick chase is good. They... They wrestle pretty well, the Cowboys as well. So they're going to get under the skin of Cody Walker and guys like that. Um, I, I am pretty hot on the Cowboys here, even though they're the outsiders. 
it's odd that they're outsiders being second on the ladder, but it's just yeah, we're, we're so conditioned to think the Cowboys are not a good team. Uh, it's interesting. I With the head, it's actually very tough to pick this one, so I'm just going to go with the heart tip, which is, of course, the Cowboys. And I do want to mention, I'm sure I speak on behalf of, of both of you and Miles and Kieran that are not here, that uh, there's a bit of... Uh, you know, death threats and things like that to Jackson Paolo. As I mentioned, he had a bit of a shocker. He definitely did. And there's no escaping that. He had five errors. Um, and they were costly errors. And, the, and you know, it, it hurt the team for sure. And he'd been dropped as a result. But if you're going to send death threats to a player and you're listening to this podcast, you can fuck right off. I don't want, I don't want you listening anymore. Like that is just nonsense shit. So, um, Jackson Paolo probably deserves to be dropped, but he does not deserve to receive death threats. So, Keep that shit out of the game as far as I'm concerned. The last two games on the weekend in the NRL men's is the Tigers and Dragons from Combank Stadium. A bunch of force changes for both sides, really. Uh, but the Tigers have uh, Kitioni Kautonga making his debut off the bench. Friendy, who do you like here out of the Tigers and Dragons? Uh, I'm going to tip the Dragons just based on experience, really. Um, if, if the Tigers... Jag a win, I'll be very happy for Chris. Um, he's been suffering a bit this year, and that'll get him off the bottom of the ladder. But, yeah, I'm going to have to tip St. George, unfortunately. Yeah, I think St. George just got a little bit more ticker about them. Their attack isn't all too bad, to be honest. Um, saw some flashes last weekend. Um, in terms of, I think they have a bit more building blocks. So I think the trend will continue. I think St. George will do a, do a number of the Tigers. What, as a Tigers fan, do you? I saw uh, some Tigers fans talking about the need to come last, as if as if it would be a good thing to sort of reset the club a bit. Do you subscribe to that theory, Chris? Uh, like I, I get I get the point behind it, like in terms of, but that's going to happen. But fifteenth or sixteenth, relatively, tells the same picture, doesn't it? Um, uh, if I fully appreciate that point when, as the Tigers have historically done, the kind of lingered between ninth and twelfth for the last part of the decade. And I do I do get the point that like just just sink to the bottom so they realise that this shit is not working. So I get that point, but is there really a difference between fifteenth and sixteenth? You know, I don't necessarily think so. Friendy, I just I'd like to ask you because you've had a, you know, your knights had a really tough period there for a while with a lot of wooden spoons. Um, do you think that the Tigers would benefit from properly bottoming out? Oh, I, I can't say it helped us much unless some of the guys are using them to eat their breakfast or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, apart from the actual wooden spoon itself, I don't think it does much good at all. Like Chris said, 15th is is pretty much just as bad. I mean, sort of anywhere out of that top 10, really, you, you sort of you either want to be building like the Bulldogs maybe, mm-hmm. but I would argue that anyone from 10 down – apart from the Bulldogs, has had a poor season. So, yeah, I don't really think you have to come last. Yeah, I subscribe to that theory as well. And if I didn't mention it, I am going for the Dragons somewhat reluctantly. I I do want the Tigers to win for you, though, Chris. The last game is the Titans and the Knights. It's from Seabus Super Stadium. Should be packed out. Cleese Haas (laughs) will make his debut for the Titans, while Tyson Frizzell and Daniel Saifiti return for the Knights. Chris, what do you make of this one? I'm just looking at the odds. The Titans are favourites. It's very surprising, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go to Newcastle. I think Newcastle have... They shit the bed last week in the second half, for lack of a better word, but 
there was something there in the first half that I thought was um, somewhat promising. The fact that, and this is like, and Freddie can probably speak to this more, but if I was a Newcastle fan, I would be like, I'm just amazed that Anthony Milford is still playing and you're not playing Jay Clifford or at least at least someone else. Like, he's leaving the club and he's like, what's Milford, like 29? Like, yeah, what's yeah. the point? So, yeah, I, I don't just, I don't get that at all. Um, saying that, I'm still going to go Newcastle. Gold Coast, I just kind of summed up their season last week when they got the, they had the send-off um, go their way and then they immediately conceded about 16 points against 12 men. So... Um, I'm going to go Newcastle for a win. That was outstanding from the Titans, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, Friendy, yeah, uh, tip in and then also, yeah, comment on, on uh, Milford situation, please. Yeah, I tend to agree with Chris. Like, what? why Why is he still there? He only sort of come in halfway through the season as well. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I'd give Simi Sasangi a crack or, or, or someone like that. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of shuffling you could do to potentially just just give someone else more experience um yeah I, I don't really get that one either in terms of the game oh i'd love to see us get a win but i i just can't see us scoring enough points and i think the titans will score at least 24 plus and i i just can't see us scoring that many so yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to tip the gold coast and yeah hopefully the boys behave themselves up there after the game uh, for me, for me, it's basically uh, Titans versus Knights. Is it's a battle of the halves, isn't it? Tanner Boyd versus Adam Clune, and just the overwhelming talent of Tanner Boyd for me. Like, yeah, in all seriousness, <laughs> if they're charging money to go and watch this game physically <laughs> and sit in the stand, that that is outrageous because this is just dog shit. Well, mate, as we know, it's at Seba Super Stadium. That place is going to be packed to the rafters. So. <laughs> yeah, that'll be absolutely bouncing, won't it? Yeah, no, I'd rather go to Cavill Avenue, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the very loyal Titans fans. I, I actually will be going for the Titans as well. I I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like they've got, like you say, for any a bit more firepower, I suppose. Uh, I don't know if that's the right term but I just feel like they are more likely to score points so uh, I agree with you Titans for me Re- really quickly Bo I heard someone during the week and I found it pretty funny hey the the Knights were wearing the um the tradie jerseys last week mm-hmm. and someone it might have even been a tweet or something and um they called them they're, they're not proper tradies they're council workers because <laughs> they half a job and clopped off at half time and went to Spoko. <laughs> that is good chat. That is fantastic chat. Uh, let's have a chat about the NRLW. Round two is coming up this weekend. Uh, it starts on Saturday afternoon from Suncorp Stadium at 1.10pm. It's the Broncos and the Roosters. The Broncos, until last season, perennial premiership winners. Um, and they had a pretty big loss to the Knights, uh, a much improved Knights. The Roosters are very impressive in their victory. Uh, current reigning champions, despite what I said last week. Friendy, who do you like here? Yeah, I'll, I'll be tipping the Roosters here. Um, I just think they're, they're just basically the better side. Um, Sammy Bremner at the back as well. I think she played really well. So, yeah, I'll be tipping the Chooks. Yeah, it was like she hadn't missed a beat, Sammy Bremner. She just came back and was maybe the best player of the round um, mm-hmm. in three games. So, uh, incredible from her. Chris, who do you like? Yeah, I've got the Roosters as well. I didn't manage to catch the Broncos game, but I did watch 
the Roosters do a bit of a number on the Eels. So with that, I'm going to stick with the Roosters. Yeah, like, and the strike power they have out wide, especially, I mean, Bremner being the link between Sergis and Kelly on both sides, oh, it's just like, yeah, very tantalizing. I, too, am going for the Roosters, and to think the Broncos would start zero and two would be almost unthinkable, but here we are. I think that might well be a, the case. The next game is on Sunday at midday from Combank Stadium. It's the Eels and the Dragons. The Eels... To me, it looks like they're going to have a tough season. The Dragons are a, you know, they're a red hot team and they have a very, very, very good lineup and they're only strengthened by Elsie Albert returning. Chris, what's your tip? Yeah, I've got the Dragons. I agree with you, but I think Pat, I was watching the Roosters Parramatta game, like I alluded to. Parramatta just took a little bit class below and obviously the quality of NRWs increasing year by year, but yeah, I've got, um, yeah, I think the Dragons might do, might win quite convincingly. Yeah, I echo what Chris says there. I think um, Jamie Soward had them humming along nicely last year, the, the Dragons ladies team, and I think they're, they're going to be really hard to beat again this year. Obviously, they didn't win the competition last year, but each game they're going to be hard to beat. And, yeah, Emma Tonegato, just watch her go. Oh. Yeah, it, yeah, stunning. And the last game is basically a Titans Knights rematch after the men's game. It's a 6.10 p.m. from Seabus Super Stadium. So hopefully that bump of crowd sticks around. They might actually just turn up for the NRLW, actually. That might be the better way to go. Uh, as I said, the Knights hugely improved. Uh, Tamika Upton um, is a great player. Millie Boyle was... If, if, if Sam Bremner wasn't the best player of the round, it may have been Millie. Um, and I thought Jesse Southwell on a very young halfback for the Knights, he did a really, really good job. Uh, the Titans, yeah, a bit scratchy. Um, and I don't think they're in the same class as the Knights. So I'm going for the Knights. Friendy, you're a Knights fan. Surely you're going for the Knights as well. Yeah, absolutely. I've jumped right on board the, the ladies team. And yeah, Jesse Southwell, she's 17, I think. Um, steering the ship for the girls there and she was outstanding so looking forward to watching her play again and Millie Boyle she looks like the just the 16 year old in under 12s doesn't she She, she's a weapon yeah I'll be tipping Newcastle (laughs) worth mentioning by the way uh, Jesse Southwell is keeping Caitlin Moran out of the side Mm -hmm. Caitlin Moran named at 18 so that's uh, that's a huge vote of confidence for young Jesse Southwell Chris, who do you like in this game? Yeah, just looking at um, squad list, I think Knights just have a bit more talent and skill on the park. So I think it's going to mirror the first grade men's result and I think the Knights will win. Okay, sounds good. That means we're all in agreement on that one. Guys, it's time for some bold predictions. It can be about the NRL, the NRLW, or maybe even if you're bold enough, uh, something that happens off field. Um, Friendy, what's your bold prediction this week? I'm going to go really bold, and I, I don't know if it will actually happen, but what I'm going to say is by the end of this round, so basically after the, their two respective games, I think Canberra will be in the eight, who are currently on 26 points and minus 25 for and against. Brisbane are on 28 points and 21 plus for and against. So there needs to be a bit of a swing there. Basically, if Brisbane lost by 20 or more, um, and Canberra won by roughly a bit over 20 or more, then um, yeah, we'd be in the game. Cool. Okay, so Raiders in the eight. Would that also, I mean, I, I, the Rabbitohs is pretty much impossible to be out of the eight. Yeah, then, yeah, it's basically Canberra to jump the Broncos after this round. That's what I'll go. All right, cool. Chris, what's your bold prediction? 
All right, so mine's going to be the Tigers game. I'm going to link this to my shout-out as well real quick. So I'm going to go uh, for Amani Brown, the score, and quick shout-out to him. Had a quite emotional uh, Instagram post this week. Kind of gave you an insight into the toll that you know uh, players face, especially in the light of abuse and being smashed in a certain game. So I think he'll get over the, the try line and shout-out to him. And I'm also going to go... Jack DeBella will score up the middle as well because a semi-trailer could fit through the middle of the West Tigers' defence. So both both locks are scoring the Tigers in George game. Huh, I rate that. Uh, mine is going to be an NRLW-themed prediction. I think the Knights will win by 18+. plus. I think the Dragons will do the same. And I think the Roosters will win by six or less against the Broncos. So that's 18+. plus. For the Dragons, 18 plus for the Knights and six or less for the Roosters. I think the Roosters Broncos is going to be a, a ripper of a game. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much for your company. Friendy, have a, have a lovely rest of your week. Same to you, Chris. Chris, try and stay out of, out of, uh, the workload, mate. You know, I'm worried about you. Well, mate, it's either that or watch the Tigers. So <laughs> might as well get stuck into the workload. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.